0: Hello and welcome to our first of a brand new series on Cinemaholics that we are calling Happy Hour. Uh, actually, we, we think we're calling it Happy Hour. It could be a completely different thing by the time you're listening to this, but our working title for now is A uh, a Happy Hour. Who knows if it'll this will be a literal hour, but in this new occasional segment, uh, each of us Cinemaholics are going to sit down with a guest for a one-on-one discussion about a topic that is on our minds. Uh, This isn't a formal interview. This isn't really a lot like our on tap episodes that we've done before. Uh, We're not really going to be asking and answering questions um, in an interview format. It's going to be more laid back than usual. And so we hope you get something out of this. uh, We're kind of planning to do more bonus episodes like this in the very near future. So for now, I should introduce myself, of course, and, and as well as our first guest. I am John Negroni. I'm one of the hosts of Cinemaholics, the main show. And with me, I have a great friend of the podcast who has been gracious enough to come on our show many, many times at this point. And it's always great to have you to join us. She's a freelance writer for some incredible websites, including Birth, Movies, Death, Marvel.com, Forbes, Film School Rejects. Uh, She's also the editor-in-chief of Movie Pilot for several years, which is where we ha- uh, where <laughs> we actually first connected. Uh, Alicia Grosso, welcome to the first Every Happy Hour. Thank you for helping us start things off.
1: Hi, I'm excited. I'm very uh for this maiden voyage.
0: <laughs> That's right. And, uh, at, as we talk right now, we don't really know what we're going to name this, uh, happy hour, what this episode is about, but we do have a topic on our mind yeah. right now. And that is the James Gunn controversy. Uh, the, the whole thing with him getting fired and, I really just want to open this can of worms with you, Alicia. This is something you and I have, I think we've talked about it a little bit like off the air before, but I've never really gauged your full reaction to this, this issue. So hopefully we're going to have a good conversation. I don't know. Um, but before we dive in, uh, can you explain if somebody's listening to this and maybe they're, they're not quite caught up with what's going on, who is James Gunn? Um, what happened to him and why, why does it matter? Why should we be talking about this?
1: Right. Um, first off, if you're not sure James Gunn is, you probably found this podcast by accident, (laughs) but welcome. Stay a while. Uh, so, uh, a, it's been a little while now, but, um, James Gunn basically, uh, he's very outspoken and, or was very outspoken and political on Twitter. Uh, very progressive, very outspoken, you know, supporter of women, minorities and, um, all that great stuff. Um, and then, uh, an alt-right um, kind of avatar, uh, Mike Cernovich dug up some really offensive tweets that Gunn had tweeted quite some time ago, um, you know, years to even a decade in some cases. And they were admittedly truly in poor taste and disgusting, you know, jokes about kind of pedophilia or rape or just just not in not good taste. Um, and within like 24 hours of it uh being brought to light he was fired uh by disney uh let go and it caused this whole big controversy david Batista wanted to walk from guardians of the galaxy um it it caused a lot of backlash most people seem to think disney's in the wrong uh, but we'll, we'll get into all of that so but yeah long story short old tweets of james gunn were dug up they were pretty awful and even though he publicly imaged them before in his Apologized to them. He still got fired. End of context.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's a lot of context.
1: Yeah. And sorry. There's, yeah. there's a
0: lot. No, in a good way, just uh, that really covers it. Um, I remember we first started talking about this on the CinemaHolics main show. Uh, I think it was one of our off topics. And we even said then, it was like, man, this, this issue, we, we can't just spend like five or even 10 minutes talking about it. Like, it's one of those things that everybody has an opinion on. And you can't mm-hmm. really step on anyone's opinion because the tweets themselves are truly terrible. Uh, but there are a lot there's a lot more to it than that. You mentioned mm-hmm. you mentioned Mike Cernovich. Truly a disgusting, horrible man. He's almost gotten people killed because of his rhetoric. I mean, this guy is the for those of you who don't know, he uh, was pushing a conspiracy theory around about a pedophilia ring and a pizza place, and it led to somebody actually showing up there uh, with with a gun, you know, ready to shoot people. I mean, truly vile, vile people are behind this sort of thing. And as you said, it was obviously a campaign to discredit James Gunn to get him out of the limelight. There was kind of like this revenge, you know, mentality that these people were having against him because of something that had happened with Roseanne Barr. Very different sim- situation mm-hmm. but this sort of like all right now it's time to get you know time to get our celebrity off of uh the rails here so that's what makes this kind of a, a big topic so um as far as like james gunn the person goes alicia one of the main reasons i wanted to talk to you about this is because uh when i was trying to think of somebody who is a fan of Gunn, who is a fan of his work. I'm, I'll never forget that uh, uh, years ago, uh, when Guardians of the Galaxy came out, your quote was on the uh, the cover of the Guardians of the Galaxy Blu ray, and mm-hmm. so I was like, "There's somebody who really loves like this franchise." Can you speak? Like, where are you at at this point? It's been a few years. I know you really loved the first Guardians. I don't know if we've ever talked about Guardians Volume Two, and as well as like, have you been excited for the third one?
1: I was. <laughs> Um, I, I was. I don't know that you can make a Guardians without James Gunn, without fundamentally altering what it is that makes it so great. Um, yeah, i, I in the interest of full disclosure, for everybody listening, I uh, was, my critics quote, which was the best, the original quote came from a tweet that I tweeted after screening it, and it was, Move over Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy is the best, marvel movie ever and then they pulled that best marvel movie ever and used it on all the critics tv spots and yeah it's on the dvd now so if you have a dvd sitting at home you flip it over there's a good chance depending on what one you have if i'm yeah you'll see me there it was on a poster so which is pretty damn cool um
0: no one can claim that you're not a fan of these movies basically yeah, yeah. but
1: it's and i love the second one too i had some issues with the second one. Um, I think because again, the first one, you know, you just had so few expectations, um, that the second was never going to live up to the first one in my mind, but I think he did some things really well and expanded on some things from the first one that I was really glad to see him do in the second. I think out of all of them, he's done the best job at kind of diving into character and, uh, and, kind of relationships yeah. um and i don't know i just i i can't imagine a guardians three without james Gunn at the helm
0: do you think the russos did a good job because you know they they handled the guardians characters in infinity war mm-hmm. and i it is it is divisive i know some people who really dug what the russos did there some people are in the middle and some people aren't fans are you uh where are you at
1: I think the Russos did a serviceable job with all of the characters, but I don't think that when you have a character that isn't like, you have to divide so much time between all of the characters. I think in a movie like infinity war, I think the best you can hope for is to not completely undermine or ruin the spirit of the characters. But I also don't think that movie outside of Thor maybe, and maybe like, vision and scarlet witch Mm -hmm. i don't think it necessarily added to the characters either it definitely didn't
0: add you're right
1: the you know a lot of people hate star lord for his decision Mm -hmm. i don't hate him for it but i also think that okay he's impulsive but he's not that stupid like he knew what was at stake Mm. so i i don't know i just don't I I just don't see anybody other than James Gunn doing as good a job of those characters as James Gunn.
0: Yeah, I I I I go back and forth because there are things that they do with the with the uh the galaxy characters that I did really enjoy. Uh I think like the way Star-Lord fights uh or like his tactics. I actually thought were very clever and were true to the, the Chris Pratt's, you know, take on the character from the first movie actually. Whereas, like I remember in the second one, there was nothing the characters, with the exception of Rocket, there was nothing that they did where I was like, "Oh wow!" Like that was a very clever solution that only this character would have done. Um, so, so I appreciated that. I appreciated how Gamora and um, Josh Brolin's Thanos were able to like create a story out, ar- a story arc out of nowhere. You know, where mm-hmm. this movie did not give them a lot of time to like forge any sort of meaningful relationship. So. I I go back and forth because I do I do knit the movie as well in some of the same ways uh, mm-hmm. the Star Lord decision I don't know sometimes I'm okay with it sometimes I'm a little like yeah it do, it doesn't quite fall like not that long before he was willing to kill Gamora so why was he yeah it's a little weird
1: I do I do love I thought Gamora did a good job I just I, I don't and maybe it was just because it was hard to the joy of that movie was seeing all the characters come together and not necessarily individual journeys for the most part. There are a few characters that stood out. Um, But I feel like a lot of the characters that had their own separate movies that are in the hands of other directors as it should be. I feel like they didn't want to mess too much with those characters. Like Dr. Strange was awesome, Mm -hmm. but you could tell you didn't want to mess too much with that character um, and granted all of these directors only have these characters temporarily they don't belong to them but there's a reason why Disney hires these directors to direct the individuals you know standalone franchises in the first place
0: um I see hearing all of this it makes me really sad because you were supposed to be on our Avengers Infinity war review on the Cinemolics main show <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> and that, and that, that didn't work out because uh, I forget what happened but
1: I just—it so was so early in the morning. It was like eight in the morning on a Sunday, and I just forgot to set my alarm and just ah, that'll do it. Yeah, <laughs> I just—I just forgot. Honestly, that was that was a hundred and ten percent me. Uh, Sorry.
0: Well, well, it's fine because now we get to to litigate Avengers Infinity War all over again. Um, but okay, so I think we've kind of gotten the point across that uh, it is—it is a bit of a question mark. What Guardians of the Galaxy three? you know can be i i
1: also think too you have to wonder i mean dave batiste was pretty much ready to walk all of the characters um are all the cast they signed that letter support for james gunn and disney was basically like we don't care
0: right so you have to wonder
1: if they'll all still be there for that or if they'll walk or how into it you know how much heart they'll put into it if they don't have James Gunn, because more than any other movie, it was all about family and that cast became a family. So, you know, you have to wonder if they'll even want to work with another director, at least in that franchise.
0: Um, Yeah. I mean, I've heard some reports saying that Sean Gunn uh, could write it or direct it. Are they using James Gunn's script still? I I forget where the reports landed on that.
1: The last I had heard they were using his script, which, man, isn't that a kick in the teeth? Um, mm. The last I'd heard they were using his script, but I believe that there was like some arbitration and stuff pending. Um, mm. And I'm not sure where that landed because there was, for a time, a brief chance that Disney might walk that back. But then they decided they weren't going to, so who knows?
0: Yeah, I think the main thing with that was how quick it was. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I, if if there had been a little bit more of a weight, you know, mm -hmm. maybe, you know, and some listening, you know, on, on different sides, you know, maybe this decision would be a little bit different, but yeah, how do you go back on a decision like that? It's, it's a very definitive decision. And I see both sides of like, you know, you, you want to nip a controversy in the bud, you know, you want to distance this movie as far away from possible from a scandal, even though it's years away, but at the same time, you know, you want to be able to like, actually hear the feedback from people and and not do the wrong thing so I,
1: I, I mm. it is weird that week that it happened was the week right before Disney shareholders were about to sign off on the Fox Marvel deal mm. I don't want to speculate I mean I am speculating I don't know <laughs> yeah. for certain but I am pretty much 110% certain that had a lot to do with it they wanted to have yeah. all of their I's dotted all their T's crossed and have zero controversy <laughs> surrounding any part of their brand and gun was these uh, Disney cave to the right
0: hmm. and
1: it worked.
0: Right. And, and now it's sort of being yeah. perceived as that they have a lot of this like power, you know, um, mm-hmm. that they think that they have, I guess, uh, it, it, it is, it is tricky. I, you know, I, I wasn't sure if we were going to talk too much about the controversy itself, but I do want to bring up, um, you know, this whole thing is over James Gunn joking about things that are disgusting from years and years ago. Uh, and as you already kind of covered it, but, You know, I I read something interesting where somebody brought up the point where they're like, I mean, hold on. These jokes, like you could find jokes like this in like some of the more risque family guy episodes, Mm -hmm. you know, in pop culture for years, especially around this time. And this isn't to excuse anything. It's just sort of like if we can like take a step back and remember shock,
1: shock humor. There was a time there was a period where it was that shock jock humor. I mean, Howard Stern made an entire career based on that Sasha Baron Cohen made an entire career based on that.
0: Right. And then people will respond like, okay, but they're not directing, you know, Mm -hmm. movies for Disney. They're, they're just sort of off in this, you know, you know, know, world where they can do that and not really face repercussions. And I, and I understand all of that. I, but I also look at this and I, and I see it, 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 I guess what's tragic about this for me is I see somebody who did all of this stuff years ago and, you know, moved on from that and kind of like people say that he was like, what 40 when this, this stuff happened. But I, I honestly think people can be very immature at 40 and they can learn. And I just see a guy who got better, you know, became a well, better person.
1: And here's the thing. Gunn has been, and this is where Disney's kind of altruistic. Like, we don't want this and our brand. Like, no, 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 Disney, because you were fine with it when you hired him
0: and Robert Downey do Jr.
1: And Robert Downey Jr. But you were fine with it. when you hired Gunn after he had been very vocal, very publicly about these tweets and very vocal about how he used to be kind of a crappier human being and very vocal about what he'd said in the past and very vocal about apologizing and atoning. Mm-hmm. Disney knew full well about these tweets. Disney doesn't hire somebody without vetting them. They knew about these tweets. Yeah, he's been public PR, about them.
0: That PR department was all years. over it. Right.
1: He's been public about them for years and he's apologized for them for years. He's been very open about the fact that when he was a younger man, he used to be a lot more bitter, a lot more angry. He used to think that, you know, kind of that shock humor was was funny until he grew up and realized it wasn't. Um, so Disney hired him knowing full well that was in his background. They only got mad about it when it started to be timed right and affect their shareholder with the deal with Fox. I, so, you know... Disney can say what they want, and I I get where they're coming from, and I normally fully understand business decisions. But I I think in this case they're kind of hypocritical, and I think they made the wrong decision. I, I get, really do.
0: I guess that's where it bugs me the most, and like what makes this a wrong decision because it, it just almost feels like you're punishing somebody for finding redemption. You know, like mm-hmm. he's being. Held accountable for something after, you know, I, I see him kind of, almost atoning through his art. Uh, I want to read a tweet that we got. Um, so I, before we started recording this, I uh, at, just sent out the the bad signal a little bit and asked if anybody wanted to weigh in. Uh, we got something from uh, Ivan on Twitter. He said, uh, "Would love to hear some mention discussion of how the evolution of what James Gunn finds funny slash in good taste can be seen just through his movies alone." And do you see that? Like, do you see like in the guardians movies? Cause I certainly do. I see like the guardians movies are about like those kinds of people who are rough around the edges. You know, they're not good guys, uh, but they sort of, like, yeah, that's right. Um, I, yeah. Is the self-awareness is gone. <laughs> I don't get it.
1: Creative endeavors more than anything reflect where a person is at, at the time. And, you know, we, we, we talk a lot about how movies themselves, entertainment itself reflects the zeitgeist of the time. Horror movies will reflect what people are scared of at the time. Uh, Entertainment movie or entertainment in general reflects the zeitgeist. Um, You know, we, we've, I feel like are just starting to come out of a very cynical time where bad people did bad things and just about everything, especially TV. Um, And James Gunn himself, was the first one to say when somebody asked him what Guardians of the Galaxy was about. And he basically said, because it's not cool to care now. It's so, like, the world is so cynical that it's not considered cool to care. This is a movie that doesn't care if it's cool. Like, it's about giving a damn. Hmm. It's about caring. And and I that always stuck with me because I was like, thank you freaking thank you because I had gotten so tired of just the raging cynicism of entertainment in which so many people have, you know, arcs where they fall from grace. I mean, breaking bad is probably as as phenomenal as that show is breaking bad was the standard to which all of TV shows aspired where you have a good man who descends into being, you know, blows past antihero into becoming a villain. Yeah. And, TV chased that format where it was a lot of just bad people doing bad things. And I was, I just thought, you know, where's the arc? Like, I miss the arcs where we can actually have redemption and where we can show kind of crappy people like becoming better human beings. And that's one of the things I really appreciated about the first Guardians of the Galaxy. And that Gunn was very aware of that when he made the movie. Like, that's exactly what his intention was.
0: That was my uh, biggest uh, criticism against that show, Ozark, on Netflix, Mm -hmm. uh, that, man, that one just really wallows in what I think are the wrong lessons of Breaking Bad, where it's all about, you know, a bad person trying to find ways to not be held accountable almost. And it's like, I don't know, I know why a lot of people really love it. But for me personally, I just don't really want any part of that at this point because I I just don't want those stories right now I'm not Mm -hmm. feeling like you know those stories made a lot of sense during like the Obama presidency you know because that was a spirit of like we were in the recession and we all were like searching for redemption and so now you know depending on your politics a lot of people right now are sort of feeling like down and you know you know no matter where you are on the spectrum things just feel very hostile and you know that's why I was kind of you know watching volume two last year kind of hit that movie really hit me in a lot of ways because of how it was about moving on past some of these people in your life that are toxic uh and then gravitating toward you know the the family you choose and things like that that uh
1: the idea know, of the it's, found uh, family has been very big
0: how so it's
1: the idea of the found family is one that i think has been really permeating um television and movies for a while and i think in movies i think I think Marvel's done that about as well as anybody is the idea that your family, your found family isn't necessarily the one you're born with, but right, the one you make yeah. for yourself
0: fast and furious, you know, you can go all the way back to cheers in terms of like workplaces. And one of these days I want to have a whole conversation about how weird some of these sitcoms can be with the way that they, you know, like the office and like, you know, those mm-hmm. shows are amorphous and they, they, change so much depending on the, you know, the way the characters become more and more stuck in mm-hmm. each other's lives but yeah
1: the thing is yeah like you said a lot of people are like well he was 40 when he said this he knew better and it's like yeah but people have very short memories like i think about things i would have said when i was younger that were really dumb and just not unthinking but also i mean it's really not been that long since the concept of being woke has been around yeah. maybe three years four years and so, movies that were made five years ago, let alone the 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 like kind of temperature of things and and the the tone of things ten years ago.
0: Have you seen? I mean, a movie so that came different. out a movie that came out days ago, The Predator.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: that feels like a film that was made decades ago in like, terms of its.
1: Yeah, like it's it's so different. Like the stuff that even was coming out just a few years ago. People are like, oh, well, you know, this. I can't believe this comedian who said this. I'm like, oh, my God. If y'all had listened to some of the comedians in the 70s, mm. the 80s, you would have been appalled. And they are comedians that are lauded today. And granted, today we're in a different place. And so comedians yeah. that, that stand on the same humor they did 10 years ago, 20 years ago, are rightfully criticized as they should be because entertainment and art and humor, it evolves. It's supposed to evolve Uh, again to reflect the spirit of the times. But man, if you fired every single artist or director or comedian that made an offensive joke 10 years ago, ah, I, you're gonna, you're gonna, there's gonna be a lot of people in Hollywood out of jobs.
0: I can, I can find plenty of people though, who would say good. And you know, that, that seriously, there, there are people who would say to that, well, good, because we want these people to have these jobs instead. And after, of course, I look at that and I say, look, they're not going to be perfect either. And something somebody says is going to offend somebody. And so yeah, I, it is, it is a weird nuance.
1: Well, here's the difference to me. It's that, you know, a lot of people are like, well, it's just like Roseanne. You know, you got Roseanne taken off air, so we'll get James gunfired. fired. It's like, it's not, Roseanne made that tweet like the week she got let go. Yeah. It wasn't, and she has never, ever shown herself she's... previously to be contrite or have a tone for it. I mean, yeah. she's been tweeting all sorts of crazy stuff for like transphobic you know like awful things for a while so i think the difference is that i'm not saying we should automatically forgive people because absolutely we shouldn't people need to do their time they need to look at lewis ck who just tried to come back and everybody's like why what have you atoned? like how have you changed yeah um but i think the difference in james gunn's case is that there was intent there he has been open about the person he used to be for years he has been apologizing and addressing those frankly and talking about the fact that he was a screw up and he's tried to be a better person for years and then that's if that's the case if somebody is genuinely trying to be better and showing that they are and evolving then i don't think that punishing them I think that that drags things backwards instead of forward, you know, making forward progress, which in theory is supposed to be the point, you know, of progressivism. And if it's not, then it just becomes about retribution and punishment and not necessarily about evolution and progression.
0: That makes me think actually of, uh, have you seen any of the new or any of BoJack Horseman?
1: I have not. Uh, I'm not caught up on last season.
0: Okay. Okay, it, so
1: I know the gist, uh, but I haven't I haven't watched like for details.
0: Right. Um, so have you heard about one of the newest episodes? Is, is all about the Me Too movement and you know what it means to be an ally. Um, and it sort of exaggerates this with the BoJack character, who sort of uses femi- feminism as like marketing for himself,
1: as um, many men do.
0: Right. And so like some people can point to that, and you know I'd say rightfully. Like sometimes I see like the Joe Walsh's of the world who just, you do just get this sense where they're just sort of saying things to get a reaction and you just don't really believe they think it, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I wonder about that. I mean, I've never seen James Gunn as that kind of person um, because, and just to bolster your point, honestly, like you see it in his art. It's not just what he says. It's not just that he was getting out there and he was being politically vocal and he was being somebody who said that he you know, supported, um, you know, equality, uh, women's reproductive rights, um, the full gamut. You saw it in his art too. That's at least my personal takeaway from his art, from what I got out of the, the two guardians films was something that there was an edge to it. Like you can tell that, you know, these characters weren't presented as Puritan, you know, avatars of how we should behave in society, but you do get that sense that, you know, it's being made by a guy who, you know, he doesn't put the Gamora character as, you know, in the comics, like, I'm sure you're aware, you know, she's kind of a sex symbol. I mean, she's there to be gawked at a lot of the time. And one of my deepest appreciations for the movies has been that she's not like the camera doesn't eye her, you know, in any sort of way that just, feels just gross to me. I mean, maybe it is, Mm -hmm. and I just don't see it personally, but
1: no, it's not.
0: And, and that's what I, that's what I sort of get from his art. Right. I I sort of just see somebody who, you know, actually believes what he's saying out loud. And so that just, you know, it just adds, it just adds even more to how awful I'm feeling about losing this director because it's his trilogy. And, and it's very, very likely that we're never going to see how it wraps up. and, If that's the case, I mean, should we even have a volume three at all?
1: Honestly, I don't think so. And I know a lot of fans are saying like, well, but he has a script written. He has a story. And I'm like, but it's not going to be his story. Hmm. And the thing is that, you know, I was going to say this before, is that this isn't accounting. It's not, you know, it's not surgery or or you know, whatever have you, creative roles, writing, art, music, directing, um, filmmaking, they more than anything are not just an expression of the time, they're expression of the creator. Yeah. And you can see so much, you can see James Gunn putting so much of himself in the story of the Guardians, who are these level F-ups, you know, for lack of a better word, that still want to be better. And they did evolve because they were around people that made them better. And again, he has been vocal about the fact that he used to be a much worse, much more scared, petty, mean, you know, bitter guy who fell into the idea of that kind of shock humor because that's where he was at in his life. He thought that's what was funny. That's what was edgy. And then he said he got older and happier and surrounded himself with good people. Yeah. And realized, oh, yeah, I was an a-hole. Like, that's not the way. That's not the way. And that's not who I want to be. And and you see that all through his his work, you know?
0: Yeah, I see it. Not just in his, I see it in his tweets, you know, I see it on the things that he's consulted on. And, you know, on the one hand, I agree with people who look at the situation and say, you know what, like another studio is going to hire him. This isn't going to sink him. And I, I think I agree with that. I'm being optimistic. I, I really do think that somebody like like Fox who, I mean, look, let's just be honest. I mean, Fox is willing to hire Brian Singer, of all people, yes. to do anything um, if Mel Gibson is able to do work, you know, I- I'm not too worried about James Gunn. Maybe that's a bad thing. Maybe that is kind of indicative of how low our standards are at this point. But, you know, for Disney, yeah, I- I- I'm i leaning toward what you're saying about if it's not his movie, what is the point? Um, and that's what- I want to throw another curveball at you um, since we've kind of covered this topic. Uh, we've mentioned Dave Bautista. We've mentioned a lot of the characters on guardians, but, and and maybe this isn't really related to the discussion, but it is sort of related to the future of the guardians franchise. And I I just want to get your opinion, Chris Pratt, um, Mm -hmm. where are you at with this actor, his career and kind of his place in Disney? I'm just genuinely curious. I tweeted this the other day. I just wanted to know what do you, everybody, what do people think of Chris got a bunch of likes I think a couple retweets, not a single person weighed in. Nobody wanted eh. to touch the topic. I'm surprised, too.
1: Eh. Um, he's He's, right. he's uh, Chris Pratt, I think, had, kind of did for me what Jennifer Lawrence did, where he got way too famous way too quickly. Mm. And then a lot, of the, a lot of the shine wore off for me. Um, he's fine. Yeah. but and i don't want to i don't want to i've heard rumors i don't want to throw things out there uh that haven't been great um and also i think a lot of the bloom kind of wore off for people when he you know when his divorce Ferris, which they happen but that was kind of combined with how he suddenly got very vocal about you know pro religion guns military and not that there's anything wrong with that, uh, at all, but, you know, especially in today, today's entertainment business, it's all about optics. And sometimes he doesn't give off the best optics that combined with the fact that he's been very overexposed, I think, in Mm -hmm. some ways. Um, I think that, I think that maybe people are just like, okay, just like, go, you know, just, just chill a little bit. Or just take a step back a little bit. Cause he always seems to be kind of playing the same character now in the blockbusters he does. But sure. it, again, like Jennifer Lawrence, I think when she had the X-Men and the hunger games, now Chris Pratt has uh guardians and Jurassic world. Sometimes it's a little bit too much overexposure. You just get a little tired of that person. I think he's fine. I like him. I don't, I don't love him the way I used to. Um, but he's he's fine. Yeah i I guess
0: it, I'm really thinking about what you said about like the optics he gives off. Like I don't I don't dislike him. Like I don't look at anything that he believes ostensibly. So, and I'm not like okay, time to trash talk this guy. It's nothing like that. I just yeah, no, not at all. I would just like to know for somebody who's so overexposed, he's such a mystery, and I feel like there's no access to who he is anymore. Like, who is this guy? Like, what does he believe? I look at the stark contrast between him and his other cast members, you know, specifically Dave Batista, but, you know, just sort of this willingness, like, I'm going to stay out of it, and it's more protective of his brand than anything else. And I, just, I guess I just miss, like, the person underneath the actor, and it just kind of bums me out, because I, I don't see it in his movies anymore, you- I guess.
1: Yeah, but then you kind of have to actually ask too like we're at a day and age now where we expect mm-hmm. our celebrities to not just be actors and entertain us on screen, but also to make political statements and be outspoken and be on social media and have clear stances on very controversial topics and always say the right thing. And if you want to be like Dave Batista, who's going to die on that Hill, which man, more power to him, because I was like, yes, Dave. Yes. Thank you. But I also don't think we should, I I also don't know if it's right for us to criticize when actors and actresses choose to be quiet as well, you know, because they didn't necessarily sign up to be political and social commentators. They, you know, so I, but at the same time, it's also like, but then do you have a duty of care to say something in a scenario like this, like I, it's tough. It's, I don't know. I don't know where I fall on that.
0: Yeah. Cause I try to think, what would I do in that situation? And like he I shared like sympathy. a Bible
1: quote or something. Like that's all he said. He shared a Bible quote. And I was just like, come on, crap, like do better.
0: Yeah. I guess I look at some other actors. I look at Robert De Niro who I guess maybe it's cause he's at that point in his life where he doesn't like he doesn't worry about what people think of his brand and i guess my thing with it is if you choose to stay out of it that's okay you know what like that's your prerogative you know that's how you want to handle your fame and you're not going to take advantage of your platform in a way that maybe you as the person think that you could do with it and that might be better for people and might you might not have good ideas to share anyway um but i think i look at the situation and i want to be a bigger advocate personally for celebrities who do have the courage of their convictions either way. Mm-hmm. Um, assuming that those convictions aren't like super messed up, but you know, if somebody comes out and they say something and they have the boldness to do it, like Dave Batista in this case, um, I guess I just want to be a little bit more, you know, celebratory of them without dragging down other people. I think to what you're saying, like, I don't think we have to, you know, we, I don't think we have to just, hate everyone and and sort of be in a kind of that cycle i guess but
1: it's such a it's such a complex topic i think where i fall on it is i think disney screwed up i think they screwed up and I but i think they can't take it back um i think the speed with which they did it uh was very indicative of the timing which again it was right around that shareholder meeting right before the fox marvel deal was just about solidified and i get that I, I do understand why, but I still think in the end it was the wrong. I understand why they made that decision, but I still think in the end it was the wrong decision.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I agree with that. I think that I don't know in terms of stakeholder call. I mean, a controversy that side, I don't think something like that could have a single movie in the Marvel cinematic universe. Do they really think that would have gotten in the way of like one of the biggest mergers of all time. I don't know. You know, I, you know way more about this stuff than I do in terms of like, it It could be that it could be, it could be a combination of things. And uh, also
1: it's just angering the angry, right. You know, yeah. the shareholder, I don't know, but I just, it's, it's a topic I spend a lot of time thinking about is man. I tweeted something over a year ago and I still get people attacking me for it today on Twitter. Yeah. Um, Same here. And the, I, the, the tweet was Outrage Twitter just cares about crucifixion, not rehabilitation. Hmm. And the thing is, is that, again, I think people need to be punished for the things that they're doing now or that they've done in the past they haven't atoned for. Lewis CK no you should not have come back you know yet to do your uh your stand up and you definitely should not have made a rape joke in your stand up bit you know coming back from being sexually you know from being you know c- canceled because of sexual assault like that to me shows that no you haven't learned you didn't donate to any causes you haven't been getting help that we know of you haven't your apology wasn't particularly self-aware mm. um and it kind of tried to pass the blame onto other things instead of just taking full responsibility and then you came back and you made a rape joke like no you have not learned and you have not atoned and you've not evolved so yes in that case absolutely if you, people want to cancel him great but somebody like or you know like somebody like James Gunn who again has been very vocal about this for years and has shown that he has evolved and atoned and regretted and tried to be better and his and his actions have also spoken as loud as his words like if we don't let him if we don't let a person like that atone for something they've done how do we ever get better yeah how do we ever advance you know evolve as a collective if we don't let people that are doing everything we've wanted them to do to atone for things they've done in the past. If we don't let them off the hook or allow them to move on, like how do we, how is there ever any hope that we evolve? I guess.
0: I guess the problem that I see is that Twitter, Twitter is not an organized religion. (laughs) You know, there are no ethical, there are no ethical Bibles, if you will, that we can, look and nor there should there be for something like this like there's no rule book there's nothing that says well hey sorry i know you want to cancel james gunn but it says here in you know this passage of twitter that uh, it's okay if you do this based on this this and you know everything we're talking about is so intangible it's so based on public perception it's so easy like right now if i tweet out something saying that disney should rehire james gunn i'm gonna get dozens of people who are going to respond and say that I support pedophilia. There is no sort of outline for this. There's no Mm -hmm. way to win truth in these situations because you're not going to get consensus on this issue in the way that we really are craving. And I think that's where a lot of this stuff comes down to. And it's, it's frustrating because we just sort of have to operate on a very loose definition of what's right and what's wrong because, again, you could tweet something out that is right in line with everything we've been saying. And I can think of dozens of people that I respect who would not just disagree with you, but would have really serious issues with what you said and not be willing to talk to you about it. I, I don't really know what else to bring up. It, it is just a, a really rough situation, but I kind of want to end on a somewhat positive note. Um, yeah. Talk about the first happy so hour. So for
1: happy hour. Yeah,
0: <laughs> geez. Uh, <laughs> are you drinking anything right now?
1: Divisive hour.
0: Yeah. All right. So we're not looking forward. To Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, I guess is the the assessment there. But you know, let's let's just say some some positive things. Uh, I want to say that I approve of the general direction of the Marvel movies at the moment. Um, We talked about Ammon and the Wasp uh, just a month or so ago. uh, I almost take two months now, um, Mm -hmm. and how we both really enjoyed that movie. Uh, I really enjoyed Avengers: Infinity War. Really enjoyed Black Panther. Um, So are you are you still feeling like good about where this mega franchise is headed?
1: I am. Uh, I think also because after Avengers Infinity War or Avengers 4, I feel like we're not going to. I mean, they've already said it's going to be very different. I suspect we might have more standalones Hmm. instead of kind of overarching story arcs, which would be great. At least for a while. Um, Yeah. I'd like to see some smaller like director driven movies. You know, Fox is the best at that so far when it comes to superhero movies. Um, but I think Marvel could do a pretty good job with it too. Like the Marvel brand is established. Um, so, you know, that's, it's kind of, I feel like it's kind of bulletproof at this point. So it needs to start evolving. Um, Um, You know, the next big arc you could do is Avengers versus X-Men or whatever, you know, something with X-Men in it. But until then, Mm -hmm. I would be totally happy just doing kind of standalone, smaller films. Not every movie needs to make a billion dollars at the box office.
0: Right. And you can do a whole decade of filling in the X-Men stories before Mm -hmm. you get into what you just said, the Avengers versus X-Men. Can you imagine, you know, bringing back Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. 15 years from now, you know, Mm -hmm. um, or 10 years from now? Um, for a big crossover event, just just for one or two movies. I mean, I'm sure Marvel's looking at that and and looking at the possibilities and you know rightfully, you know following some of those paths i couldn't I couldn't agree more with the idea of like there's so much more. There are so many more stories for them to tell. And I love how, and some people don't love this, but I love how the comics have been paving the way for these things for years. And they've, you know, purposely intentionally been putting new characters, uh, diverse characters in some of the roles that were usually given to very samey looking characters, not just in their looks, but, you know, in their origin stories, you know, where like, there's a reason I, the first Iron Man and first Doctor Strange are just so similar um, but they're fine. I do, I do see a lot of value in how they're they're establishing new characters who are so different. Have you, have you played yet, um, uh, Marvel's Spider Man on PS4? I
1: have not. I don't have a PS4, so I am not allowing myself to buy that until a few things happen. <laughs> um, understandable. But I, I can't justify buying it right now, um, unfortunately.
0: I don't want to spoil it. I mean, it's basically out there at this point, but Miles Morales is in that game. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of a foregone conclusion at this point. But even just a moment like that, like we forget Miles Morales as a character has not been around for that long. But, mm-hmm. and some people criticize, you know, and you know, there's some critics who are just like, SJW, like they don't have anything intelligent to offer. But there, there are others who are just sort of like, ah, oh, you know, I feel like they're just being diverse for the sake of it. But then you look at Miles Morales and like, uh, I was playing that game with a friend of mine and as soon as Miles showed up on the screen, she lost it. She was so excited and she was just like I I'm like I can't believe I'm seeing a character like this in a Spider-Man story. And I was like, man, like if a character like that can come into the scene so quickly, like Marvel doesn't have anything to worry about. They have characters for days.
1: Yeah, and you know, I just there's I would love to see like an A-Force movie. Get all the women of Marvel mm-hmm. together. I'd love to see a young Avengers movie. Uh, we're, Marvel's moving a little bit younger, too, with some of their characters. Um, put the young Avengers together. I would love to see, you know, even... I know he's, you know, in theory, he's dead. Uh, but ages ago, um, Tom Hiddleston pitched a Loki and Enchantress movie. And I want to see that movie. Like, I feel like... <laughs> I, I like Thor a lot but I love Loki. And I think that of the two of them, he is the far more interesting character. What the hell happened to him when he fell off the Rainbow bridge? Why did he go so evil? What, you know, like what are his adventures that he's had in thousands of years? He's been a lot. Like I want to see like, and there was a lot of, um, there was so much groundswell for like a standalone Loki, like villain movie from fans like a couple years ago. And I, I don't know. Like I, I want to see the black widow movie. I want to see a movie with her and Bucky Barnes, but I'd, I would really be interested in seeing like, yeah, show us some movies about the villains or at least the ones we really care about, you know? And I, I feel like there's a lot of room to play with. Cause again, I don't think every movie needs to make, you know, 800 million, a billion, a billion, one point you know almost two billion dollars they can be more like dr strange and ant-man i say you know they both made well yeah. over you know
0: <laughs> they still made over a half yeah, half a, half, billion. A,
1: half a billion dollars but but still yeah, yeah like not every movie needs to be the avengers and break box office records like marvel has established their brand they don't have to go balls to the wall every time now i don't think
0: that's exactly right um well you know In this world of Venom movies and, you know, the the Sony deals and, you know, the fact that, like, the best Spider-Man movie in forever, you know, uh, being, like, a partnership, a collaboration, it just tells me that, like, even some of these older characters that they're kind of reimagining can still feel fresh and different and, like, they're willing to try new things. Um, At the same time, Tom Hiddleston is he still in the Kong King Kong franchise or was that just like a one and mm-hmm. done?
1: I know. I think that was a one and done because that was set. That was set.
0: Right. Him, Ambry and, Larson.
1: Although there is a theory that, um, what's his name? Um, um, Charles dance's character is Tom Hiddleston's character.
0: Oh, jeez.
1: As an old man. <laughs> from the first one so i'm like okay sure that, yeah, that'd be kind of cool like, <laughs> sure, sure. <maybe. laughs> okay yeah that's cool
0: yeah I, I wasn't a big fan of tom hiddleston as kind of normal hero i think he works great as an anti-hero though uh, oh
1: i see i really liked skull island i really like that
0: okay that's interesting yeah I, I, it didn't i'm going quite back to
1: the night it. manager as well so
0: i do remember you really liked that movie and i remember it for being for very specific uh reasons i think you were a fan of brie larson too in that right I want to put words in your mouth. Uh,
1: yeah, I liked her. I liked her.
0: Hiddleston was like the, I I will never forget the scene with Hiddleston where he's just slicing through those characters. And that I ridiculous love over the top of the shot. Katana,
1: Katana and the gas mask. I was like, I love this. Like yeah. this is okay. You That's know where what? I was
0: like, can we just see more of that?
1: Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I'm into it. Uh, no, I like him. I, I think he's a underrated actor. I've been watching the night manager. Um, because I have not actually watched that yet and I think he does a really phenomenal job holding that together.
0: Hmm, is that a series? I've never heard of this.
1: Really? Yeah, he won an uh, Golden Globes for it, I think. Uh it's The Night Manager. It's him and Hugh Laurie. Um it's based on um a book series where uh he basically plays a a manager, a night manager at a Egyptian hotel.
0: He's in it. And
1: uh so through various means, he gets pulled into the criminal underworld of um, as an informant uh, and a spy uh, as uh, for a, an arms dealer who is Hugh Laurie's character. When, when did this come out? How have I never come heard of this? 2016, I want to say. My it's a BBC series. I It's really good, though. I uh, am pretty
0: terrible about getting up to date on BBC series. I apologize. I, I'm missing out.
1: Really. Let's see. I think... Uh, let me see here. Uh, yeah, okay. So, Hiddleston won Best Performer... It's the Golden Globes. Won uh, Best for an Actor. Hugh Laurie won for Best Supporting Actor. Olivia Colman won for Best Supporting Actress. It won a bunch of... Uh, or no, it won two different Emmys and had a sh- ton of nominations.
0: The miniseries? Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, it's all it's yeah. gone to It sucks.
1: Yeah, so it's called The Night Manager. But... Really good. I thought he did a really good job in that. And he plays kind of that ruined military figure in that as well.
0: I'll have to add that to it. We have a list of uh things that we're supposed to watch on cinemaholics. Um Will's list is frighteningly long. Um so I have another one to add myself. Shocking. <laughs> yeah, really, Shocking. I know, right? Um Alicia, it's been great talking. Um it hasn't been quite an hour, but it's I think that's good. It's like happy hour to me feels like something that can be it's right under an hour. How long do you have to like spend at a at a at bar, really, right after work? I guess I I have no idea what this segment really is, actually. Uh, but thank you again for unpacking some really serious issues, uh, and I'm I'm I really am rooting for you to uh, play Marvel Spider Man as soon as possible, so we can talk about it.
1: Yes, I need to. I know all my friends are like, you need to get a PS4. They want me to get a PS4 just for so I can play Overwatch with them, mm. which I refuse to do. Uh, but I have basically, I have goals that I'm setting for myself. <laughs> and if right. I hit them, then I'm going to buy myself a PS4.
0: Well, do you have any friends you could at least just go over there and just bum their couch? I don't know. I, I...
1: Uh, no, but I get when I get into something, I get... Right, super into it. So unless I'm moving in with them, and also they're all playing it too.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. So we'd
1: have to fight. Yeah, fight because they're all playing it. So yeah.
0: Sounds like you're you're handling the situation best you can. I legit I was playing this game every day, all day. So. Yeah, I think it would definitely take over your life for for a minute there. Um, For sure. But keep me posted on that. Um, All right. Well, that'll do it for this happy hour. Um, I don't know how to end this uh, because we've never done it before. (laughs) But um, Alicia, thanks again. Uh, Where where can people find everything that you work on and uh, where can they connect with you?
1: Uh, The best way to find me is on Twitter, uh, at Alicia Grosso on Twitter.
0: All right. Sounds good. And uh, I guess we'll see you next time.
1: Excellent. Bye.